Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. The sermon from Sunday, September 25th, continues our Into the Wild series and is called In Defense of Pharaoh. Thank you so much for that song and for your introduction, well, most of your introduction. That's such a good piece. Um, It has the whole story with the overview of the story and then the application in our lives. It's it's scripture and sermon in itself. Matter of fact, we don't even need to do this. Um, Except except that I've got these slides we got to go through anyway, so... But wonderful, uh, wonderful. Moses is our model. Do you know what a caduceus is? We might, if anyone, there might be some folks in this room right now who have a silver bracelet with a caduceus on it. If you've got uh, diabetes or something, and you're trying to give a medical alert. Uh, that snake wrapped around that rod is from this song, this story. Later on, you know, uh, when we get in the wilderness, Moses comes across and people get sick, poison, whatever, and he puts the snake on his rod and he lifts it up. And if they look upon it, they're healed. And you better believe the reason this looks like a crucifix is because we Christians have said, yes, that's how we think about Jesus too. By looking up on it, we're somehow healed. Snakes are mysterious and scary because they shed their skin. They are Snakes are scary and they are resurrection, friends. Uh, for a millennia, they've been our symbol of mysterious uh, new life. We're into the wild this fall. Um, today, <laughs> today, I want to talk about Pharaoh. He's our favorite bad guy, maybe in the entire Bible. This is the central story, as I've mentioned, of the Bible echoing in our New Testament. But in this case, Pharaoh's used by God, and I want to ask today, what is God doing in your heart as well? We have uh, the 10 plagues are our text uh, today that we're not going to take time to read through. This is the start of it, as God says uh, to Moses, get Pharaoh to release my people, and I'm going to use you as a sign miraculous pieces, and you're going to see these things happen. They're going to lead uh, to our liberation. And so we have in these chapters here, 7 through 11, uh, the water turning to wine. I mean, you can't help but think of John 2, Jesus at the wedding at Cana, as an echo of the Nile turning to blood. You can't help but think of John, uh, let's see, it must be 19 at crucifixion, uh, where they pierced Jesus' side up on the cross, Uh, And rather than blood, water comes out. Those are bookends. They're bookends to how we are uh, released, how we are exodused from our own sin and captivity. The awful frogs is a spectacular section, and then they die everywhere, and then comes lice and gnats and flies. Hey, if you've got a fourth grader, seventh grade boy in your household (laughs) or a grandkid around, these are, these are the best texts in all the scripture. You should read these as a bedtime story. Then all the cattle get sick and die. Then, they all, then it gets a little more personal. Uh, we all get boils on our skin. And then all hell comes down from the heavens. Um, 
and then locusts, which bring us back to John the Baptist, and then darkness, which is at the cross, soon as crucifixion happens. Um, and then finally, what we won't get to till next week, the worst plague of them all, the death of the firstborn. And here's how many times Pharaoh's heart is hardened through those 10 plagues. Amazing, if you flip through here, how many times something's going to happen and Pharaoh right away says, this is horrific. Go ahead and go. To tell you the truth, uh, Moses isn't telling the truth. Moses says, hey, we just want to go out for a little bit into the wilderness to have a prayer service. It's just, uh, it's just a promise keepers episode. And then he stretches it to it's a Billy Graham thing. It's going to be a couple days. Uh, but all the time, and Pharaoh says, no, and he's going to let him go because these horrible things happened. God hardens Pharaoh's heart. And he says, no, you got to stay. I won't let you go. Pharaoh's heart remained hard. In, in the white, I'm intrigued uh, because um, Pharaoh hardened his heart. In terms of agency, there's a couple in here where Pharaoh has the agency. The other ones are all things that happen to Pharaoh. He doesn't like frogs or lice uh, or death any more than anyone else. And he's enough of a populist to understand that his whole economy has been decimated by these plagues. Go ahead and go. And in the end, I don't care if you come back. Go. I know it's not for just an overnight gig. You're lying to me, Moses. Um, and God keeps on hardening Pharaoh's heart. Today, God works with this rod, turning it into this serpent, this terrifying piece that is uh, both somehow awful and resurrection new life, the image of hope. Do you remember? This haunts me still. Ten Commandments must have been, someone could be checking on their phone if you want. Uh, it's 58, 56, I don't know, late 50s with uh, Charlton Heston. I saw it as a boy in the mid-60s. It was already kind of an old movie by then. But you look now at the special effects on that snake falling on the ground on the steps right in front. It's unbelievable. Dream material, nightmare material. And then when he says to pick it up, are you kidding? Don't you know you never pick up? What a great line. A hissing snake by his, pick it up, Moses. And he picks it up and it becomes the rod again. Wow. What can God do that is miraculous uh, with, with hearts? Here we are in the last few weeks. I began at the start of September in Labor Day talking about vocation. I used that as an opportunity to talk a little about my sense of call even to new hope. These new beginnings of our grandmothers in the faith, uh, the midwives who allowed Moses to be born when all the others were being killed. Um, so do we have into our wilderness a story in our own lives of midwives who we owed our faith life to. And then this is a little more symbolic, I know. I was talking about Moshe being drawn out of the water out of his basket. And I use that as an interpretation piece. This is a hermeneutic interpretation piece that really is my main task for you. It is our job this year to decide what we're drawing up and carrying forward. Whatever we decide not to draw up will literally no longer exist for New Hope. When the new pastor comes in those doors in 11 months, what she's going to want to know is, who are we? What have you brought forward? What do you think about your past? We're trying to answer those things together 
Uh, it's really the, arguably the main task of the PNC starting in another month or so when they get together to do that work. I'm trying to find ways to let us process that all together as well so everyone feels a part of that conversation. We had a pretty loose conversation starting on that week in this room. We're going to work on how we can do some things online. We'll have events here and over in the other study rooms because we have to do this work of interpretation. It's a metaphor for what we do in our Bible as well, what sense to make in this case of this ancient story. And then last week, Jordan was talking about the burning bush, God revealing God's real name, I am, uh, in this unconsumed, inspirational moment. Jordan's point, which is wonderful, and more on this in a minute, is that it isn't just for your spiritual edification. God is not simply, it's a lot, here for your spiritual edification to give you that story to tell of Jesus uh, but it's for a purpose. So there's a second half of that. Um, we call it discipleship. We call it serving. We call it filling out a form and giving it to Steve. Um, we call it finding how we can bring the kingdom here. And this morning, regarding hearts, um, it's something I need from actually every one of you. Every one of us has a very specific service to do for this process in the next year. A few words about how I got here, because I've been asked a couple times, and this will be more economical to tell us all at once. Uh, and after I'd been at Genesis, I, I came in 2005, and after a dozen years, I was starting to wonder, is it time to move on? All pastors wonder that after a while. But 2018, I was really thinking about call and Genesis. Also knew that Julie and I loved living in Conifer, loved Denver Presbyterian, so I, we weren't ready to move anywhere. There wasn't much going on in the Presbyterian that would interest me or be available even uh, for a change of job. As you know, in 2020 when COVID hit, it caught all our churches unawares. And in the space of, uh, I want to say two weeks, but you, for you guys it might have been five days, I don't know, we all said, We'd been saying for years, we should get an online ministry. Someone would say, we can't. You know, those cameras are like 900 apiece. We forget it. Um, we'd want to do a streaming ministry, oh, but we got sound issues or our pastor isn't good enough looking. I don't, want, I don't know whatever the excuses we said. And in the space of a few days, we all made it happen because we had to. Spectacular. It was awful and stressful, but this pastor's got to tell you, um, was wonderful. I loved it. I suddenly had the tech people come out of the woodwork to say, well, as a matter of fact, I do know what we have to do. Ah, oh, we all had ministry together. Yes, it was horrible for a few weeks preaching on Zoom, literally preaching on Zoom. Since she's here, I can tell this story. Don't worry, it's not that story. Um, preaching like this. I'm I, I do too much of this, too broad. On Zoom, I had all my gestures like this, which is fine. And then Jesus said, and I couldn't go any further anyway because Julie's sitting right here with my guitar. And when it came time to do a hymn, it was, scoot over, honey. And that's what we did for three or four weeks before we got back, just the worship crew in the sanctuary, masks. Funky, I spent weeks behind a funky music stand that I kid you not was this big, but clear transparent so they wouldn't get my spit from my... Singing. Anyway, what a weird but wonderful time. Revival in COVID days. 
uh, and uh, managing to keep a Genesis going and a sky point across the street, our retirement community, uh, glorious. By the time uh, a year ago rolled around, I decided, well, I still don't know the answers. We're coming down from off of that, and the things seem to be a little stable. And so I went ahead and started taking the transitional ministry training, 30 hours in the fall, uh, 30 hours in the spring, a week-long online Zoom, really inspirational Wonderful stuff. Uh, Presbytery requires that first week for a transitional ministry, and they'll, hi- they'll let you be hired by a church and require you to take the second 30 if you haven't done it yet. It's really important material. you hear more on that lots later. And then, did Russ announce in like February or something? February, March? Whenever it happened, I was online. I said, uh, Julie, hey, this is weird. Uh, Russ Kane is retiring. Uh, she goes, where? I said, uh, down at New Hope, Castle Rock. And she said, oh, is that the church you've pointed out sometimes? We'd come down Santa Fe 85, go into New Mexico for mission trips, whatever. And I'd say, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful church, this kind of stuff. And I said, um, but it'd be too long of a commute. And let it go. And Julie said, no, it wouldn't. She said, it's going to be 45 minutes, probably only 40 on a Sunday morning. The reason she knew that, she had just been spending two years She's a construction contractor, just been spending two years building houses five minutes from here in Castle Pines. She'd made that commute a hundred times, was not afraid of it. That was really interesting to me. Wow, what a, what a great coincidence. Uh, raise your hand if you know Steve Poos Benson. Do you recognize that name at all from Columbine United? He's a, a, a friend of Russ's, an acquaintance in Presbytery. Columbine Church is very much like New Hope, similar size history, etc. He's a good friend of mine. We go back, and uh, we go back to college days, as a matter of fact, and we've been good friends because he knew of Russ and New Hope, etc. I used him for a reference uh, when I just started my paperwork in March to go online so I could send it to a committee that I knew nothing about here at New Hope. Somewhere along the line in May, I think it was, um, I'm waiting And those awful days when you apply for something and you're kind of thinking. And I got a text from Steve. Hey, I just talked to Jordan Warnches from New Hope Church. Um, I charge $50 a lie. You owe me (laughs) (laughs) $1,000. I said, great. And so now I had to start carrying my phone around with me. Normally, I don't, if your name doesn't come up, I'm not answering. I don't want to hear about my car's warranty. I, I don't care. Now I'm carrying it around because I think, well, I've made some cut that they're, they're doing some reference checks. And then sure enough, Julie and I have gone to Seattle to vacation with my dad and my sister. And this is now early June. And I get a phone call, and it's not from a number I recognize, but hang on, I don't say anything. And it's Jordan. Now they're moving on. They're not, they're not just checking references Now we're having a a phone call together, and I can tell this story because, like I said, I'm guessing he's not watching. Um, We talked for half an hour. We talked for half an hour, and uh, when I'm nervous, uh, and this is why I wander up here so much, when I'm nervous on the phone, I just pace like a madman. And I I excused myself from my family, went down below on the lawn. It was even raining a little bit. I couldn't tell, and I spent just wearing tracks in the lawn as Jordan and I are talking, and we're talking about you. We're talking about theology. We're talking about psychology. 
talking about Bible interpretation. We're talking about liberal politics, conservative politics. We're talking about Castle Rock. We're talking about interim work where he's letting me know um, that he could do this job. And I'm thinking, come on. I'm thinking, is this, a, is this a little ego creeping in? And I'm thinking, this guy's really smart. This guy can do this job, and he knows why he shouldn't do this job. And he knows what they're looking for in, in this position. And he's asking really hard questions, and we're laughing a lot, and we're connecting a lot, because really the conversation is, can I, can I work with you? It's an interpersonal tender, some self-disclosure, but not too much. It, I come inside, and I'm pretty high. Uh, and I use this phrase to Julie and Bev and Dad. Uh, and I say, um, off the charts, emotional intelligence. I, I feel cared for by Jordan. He's, he's poking and prodding and wants to find some things out. And I also think, I'll be a blast. And my heart starts to soften. I don't know if you have this um, tendency. Sometimes when my heart starts to soften, I do a corrective. So what I tell Julie and Bev and Dad is, uh, it's a big church. It's a really healthy church. I know they're going to have lots of applications. I wouldn't think I'd have much of an opportunity, much of a chance really to get that job. Very quietly, my wife, who is not given to overly spiritual declarations or new agey intuitive intimations, just quietly says, um, that's not my sense. We go on. Bev, I'll tell you later, starts, she's already on her phone scanning your webpage. Uh, and she says, uh, Castle Rock? I go, yeah, because she knew the name of the church. Uh, she says, interesting, interesting. Much, much later, this, um, she said, I find it interesting that their vision statement is existentialist rather than Christian. And now you're all appalled. It's my sister's line, not mine. Um, <laughs> find a home. Build a life. Make a difference. Those aren't Christian words. Uh, personally, I'll tell you later why. I think they're better than Christian words. You've already had this conversation at some multiple levels in here why your outreach is warming and welcoming people and why later we find the Orthodox Christian language to make sense of it. I make the cut and I get to a Zoom call and in the Zoom call with the committee, I'm talking and I do this. I'm saying something uh, and they're asking my some philosophies of what I don't know what it is and I say well one of the things I'll do when I get there is that I, and I catch myself being presumptuous and I try to stay I mean if uh, if if you decide I'd make some awful corrective and behind the zoom screen now I'm hitting myself don't be such an idiot uh, be be cooler cool off harden your heart and then as God's gift to me from a woman who I already know and love dearly, although we've met in person twice, who's in this room, she makes a similar mistake about me as pastor. Uh, thank you, God, for that moment. Because on the Zoom call, 
I'm suddenly feeling like I could be their pastor. I could be their friend. And later on, we talked, we felt the spirit. The spirit even works through media sometimes. And I felt that connection. And I got off that Zoom call. And by then, when Julie asked me, how did it go? My answer was this. And what that means is um, I'm trying to correct myself. And she goes, oh, honey, I'm so glad. (laughs) I'm so glad. My prayers, I spent a lot of time on the trails up in Conifer. And you have occupied my prayers for months now, actually. Initially, conversations, imagine conversations, telling God what I want. My prayer shifted in early June to God. I know it's in your hands, but if it doesn't go this way, I'm going to be in bad shape, and I'm really going to need you in a new way. (laughs) That prayer means, God, I've been unsuccessful in hardening my heart. I'm open and exposed. I am in danger. Help me. Who is in control? Pharaoh, our favorite Hitler, who gets his heart hardened by God over and over again. Is this how God works? Maybe that's tension, the either or is a mistake in itself, or exactly what we should be thinking of. God only ever works, even miraculously, through you and me, through warming and cooling hearts. When we get together, and I was going to preach this in the, in the fall. I know we're getting a little late here. Um, for vocation and call, some people will say things like, well, I know pastors are called, but really aren't school teachers called? Aren't plumbers called? Isn't that, aren't we all called? The answer to that is yes. Uh, but of course, a little more Calvinist religious answer is, in this process, we start and end in prayer. In this process, we're not just asking suitability. We're prayerfully conversing and talking to folks about vision, about God's will, things outside of us about what's good for new hope. Um, so it is a little more complex. I love it when Moses, if you were listening today, and you read any more of that story out of seven, um, Moses throws his rod miraculously, gives it up, let it go. Uh, Pharaoh's priests do the same trick. Wow. Wow, that's why I wasn't compelling, because my guys can do it too. Um, It's all evidence, though, of call and Moses listening, watching, feeling the Spirit. And this, of course, is a lesson uh, at the very last lines Nick offered up that you and I have to do when we're wondering and when we're scared and when we're emotionally and spiritually invested in something, to give it up. you got to give it to God. Let it go. The throw it down is even better. It's not that I'm reluctantly. Throw it down. Yikes. Throw it down. Not lay it. My ego's too big for laying things carefully. I'm a guy who has to, all right, fine then, God. I'm done. I'm out. It's all yours. Uh, Throw it down. Here's a great sermon to close. Great sermon about being open-hearted, Christian, and, 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 and giving to others, making use of that vulnerability and that emotional investment in us to serve the community. Um, Beautiful sermon that you don't get to hear today. (laughs) 
because I really want to finish with something I've never spoken or heard. Can God harden your heart like God did to your brother Pharaoh? Might God harden your heart a little bit? Help me preach this, God. I know it's a weird message. I believe it's true. When we go to the wilderness, it requires some heart hardening. When you travel anywhere on a vacation, it requires some hard heartening because things don't go like you want. You've got to have more tolerance. I was with a presbytery group that went to the Holy Land 15 years ago, and we had the quintessential ugly American with us who at every meal would say, what's this? Who would, do you have, do you have hamburgers? I'd, I'd come to meals late so I could make sure I didn't have to sit next to him because he made me crazy. Um, when things are not what you expect, it doesn't mean they're worse. It means close your mouth, try it. When you're traveling, you even have to, I, th- I thought of this in the middle of the night, you even have to harden your heart towards your spouse or your traveling companions because you know all of us will have that day. Uh, and it's a weird lunch again. And I've been walking too long and I'm cranky and you have to harden your heart and say, no, it's great. It's, yeah, really good, try it. And no, we're going to go to the museum anyway. Come on, I've got lots of energy. And inside you're thinking, I'd like to go back to the hotel and take a nap too. Um, You harden your heart as a way of God working through you. When you're traveling, when you're New Hope Church in the wilderness of 2021-22 with an unreliable guest in the pulpit, you have to harden your heart a bit for the sake of the trip. You have to harden your heart a little bit because we have difficult decisions to make, a lot of surprise and unwelcome change from content to Bible study to small groups to evaluating who the heck we are and who we really are and who we want to pretend we are for the community and for our coming pastor. There's lots that we have to do where, guess what? God doesn't need your soft heart. God doesn't need your sensitivity. God needs your spine. If that's that's not a Calvinist sermon, I don't know what is. The disciples get more spine and say, I can put up with change. I can put up with a decision even if I disagree with it because I'm invested in the body of Christ and they've blessed me for years and we're on this journey together. Brothers and sisters, uh, one thing you can always count on from this, your new pastor, um, is transparency and honesty. All right? It is not an easy thing we're doing. But luckily, I don't have the same burden as even Jordan in terms of making sure you like me while I answer your question. That's how God works in the transitional process. I'll tell you later why so much of my two weeks of training to be transitional pastor are significantly wrapped up in um, what they call get up in the balcony. Don't be emotionally caught up in all the drama, all the wonderful drama, all the great groups and tenderness and cliques. Yes, be a part of the community. And I had a friend who was an interim pastor. He called himself, and it was in the bulletin every week, Reverend Goodbye. <laughs> I was only in my, maybe 30 at the time, and I just thought it felt kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. Um, 
he obviously knew more than I. Listen, I keep on saying I'm shooting for a year. None of us know. It's hard. It is an adventure. You have an opportunity because of the new teaching and preaching and because of our process to be invited through these scripture stories into a deepening of your own faith that has never happened, maybe. Uh, Opportunities to strengthen who you are, putting up with who I am. Watching an imperfect process with people you've known for a long time and maybe never heard say quite what you just heard them say in a small group or in an after-worship discussion. God can use you, Pharaoh, if you will be willing to just harden your heart. There's a sentence I've never said. If in in the name of Jesus Christ, you can put in second place your feelings, your hunches and intuitions. And in the name of the broader good, God's vision for New Hope Presbyterian Church, you can help lead, you can help manifest the miraculous. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.